I do just really want to acknowledge every day brings challenges and struggles and in all different parts of my life. And I think everyone can relate to that, right? And I think it's really more about acknowledging it and validating it and and, and getting through it in, in, in the best way possible. Welcome to Seriously Catherine, a podcast about taking your business seriously, but not yourself. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's episode three, and I sound kind of like a man because I am fighting off a bit of a head cold. It's not COVID, though. So, silver lining. Today's hot take is all about my footwear. Today, I have Crocs on. And so, I have historically been anti-Crocs because I think they're messy and lazy and I'm like I would never wear Crocs. The girls have pairs. My mom always gets them pairs of Crocs, the the ones that the, the fuzzy is inside and I mean Crocs is like taking it to the next level. They have they have all sorts of different types of Crocs. They have Crocs sandals now. Now they have the latest that I have been introduced to Crocs is platform Crocs. So my mom got me these platform Crocs. They're Barbie pink and I am obsessed. And Mark has sort of been making fun of the Crocs. When I put them on, he's like, are you going to are you gonna wear those? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am going to wear them. And this weekend, we went to a birthday party and I got complimented. Someone noticed my platform Crocs and they were like, wow, those are really cool. So I, the whole time I was like looking at Mark's face and I was like, yes, you see, you see, I'm cool. I have platform Crocs. They're not like regular Crocs. They're platform Crocs. Anyway, so that that happened. And then on Sunday, we went to lunch at Henry Shoe Tap Room, which is a very hip place to go and eat. And there was clearly a very hip girl there. And she was like, you know, she had a nice camera and she was taking pictures of all the food and everything. And I'm like, wow, she's a, you know, a woman about town. She knows what's up. And she had platform cracks on. I was dying. I was like, I am, I just felt so seen. And so anyway, I had to wear them today. It's raining outside. It's pretty crappy. And so they're great for that. They're great for that. Now, the one thing that I do not approve of and cannot get behind is Crocs with socks. That's a hard no for me. Hard pass. And I don't like the regular Crocs. I don't like just like plain mediocre Crocs. It's the platform Crocs are my jam. And I just I have to add on to this like hot take is that like they have to be styled. Your Crocs have to be styled. Like today, I'm kind of going for like the cash, casual. So like, or like I have this like awesome graphic tee that says she can't be stopped. So like styled appropriately, you can get away with Crocs. And so that's what I'm all about. I mean, you got to be very specific and strategic when you're going to wear the platform Crocs because, you know, they can't go with like a ballroom gown or anything like that. So there's my hot take. This week, from Saratoga Living After Hours, they are announcing the top 10 do-gooders in the capital region, and I am so excited to see who these people are. And this is something they do every year. It's super fun. It's always around Thanksgiving time. They throw a party, and all the money raised from ticket sales goes to the philanthropy that these 10 people pick out. So it's cool to see nonprofits in our area getting funded and getting some extra money during the holidays and also just honoring these amazing people in our community who are out there day in, day out doing really, really, really amazing stuff. 
All right, here are two to get you into the spirit, the first of which is Rain Bonsi. So as a 14-year-old foster child, she promised herself that when she got older that she would give back to foster kids like herself and make sure that they had all their necessities and things they needed to get by. She was inspired after a child showed up to her same foster family with skin welts from wearing clothes that were way too small for her. Oh my gosh, this breaks my heart. Rain climbed out of poverty herself, despite her own pastor telling her that her dream would not work, which is not cool, and that she is now the founder and CEO of Things of My Very Own in Schenectady, which I have heard of, so I'm very excited about Rain. The next one up is... Lisa Audi, who I know through Palette, and she's incredible and amazing. Single mom, Lisa Audi, found herself starting 2020 in need of things to do with our hard of hearing autistic child after the center where they spent their time shut down during the pandemic. She was unsure if she could do it on her own. Quote, I don't have any fancy letters after my name, she says. I have a period, Lisa Audi, period. <laughs> That's all I have. Well, listen, Lisa, that is enough. In March of 2022, she opened Bring On the Spectrum in Colony, a sensory gym and community space for the Capital Region's neurodivergent individuals. And I have been to this space. It's so cool. It's like a it's like a, a whole like gym. Gym like there's padding and climbing and all the things. Read all 10 stories and buy a ticket to the Gives Back Party. It's on December 6th with MC Mark Mulholland. When you book your ticket online, you get to choose which honoree gets half of your ticket as a donation to their cause. And the other half of your ticket goes towards saving local journalism. All right, cool. So I'm going to get my ticket. I'll be there December 6th. And do not ask me which honoree I chose. Go clickety-click to the link in the show notes so you can read all about these amazing people and all the amazing nonprofits that they are choosing to support through this program. Today, I have something truly special for all of you listeners out there, especially if you're planning a getaway or a staycation in the heart of Saratoga Springs, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the hidden gem of Saratoga Springs, the Adelphi Hotel. Not really hidden, though, because it is right smack dab in the middle of town on Broadway. If you're searching for an experience that combines history, luxury, and modern charm, the Adelphi Hotel is the place to be. It's more like a resort, if you ask me. I've had the opportunity to stay here, and let me tell you, it's an absolute dream. Did you know that they also host events and weddings? Yes, they do it all. The Adelphi Hotel is more than just a place to stay. It's an experience in itself. Picture yourself in a room with stunning decor and plush bedding. You will feel like royalty. If you're able, definitely book the Polaris room because it has a jacuzzi tub on the balcony. I mean, what mom doesn't need a staycation here with no kids and maybe even no husband? Foodies, listen up. Morrissey's Lounge and Bistro, their on-site restaurant, offers a culinary journey that's nothing short of exquisite. Have you had the best sushi in town yet? Well, this is where you get it. Get the rainbow roll. You'll thank me later. So, dear listeners, whether you're planning a romantic getaway, a girl's weekend, or just a relaxing solo escape, the Adelphi Hotel is your perfect destination. When you're here, you're not just a guest. You're part of the legacy of Saratoga Springs. Book your stay today. The Polaris Suite. Fran Hauser is an author, keynote speaker, and startup investor who is passionate about leveling the playing field for women. Fran has invested in over 30 female-founded companies across consumer packaged goods, media and publishing, and wellness. She is the best-selling author of The Myth of the Nice Girl, Audible's best business book of the year, 2018. 
and embrace the work, love your career. Fran regularly speaks at conferences and organizations to help women build careers they love while staying true to themselves. Fran is also the founder of Bookbound Co., a consulting service where she helps aspiring authors bring their books to life. Much of her current work is informed by 15 years spent in media, where she rose through the ranks at Time, Inc. to president of digital. She lives outside of New York City with her husband, two sons, and their beloved mini golden doodle. Hi, Fran. I'm so excited to have you here. Catherine, it's so good to see you. Good to see you. And I, like I said earlier, if we would have planned this better, we could have done this in real life because you're coming to, to the Capital Region next week. I'm coming there next week. It's going to be our first time meeting in person, you and me. I feel like I've known you for forever. I'm just, I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited too. Well, do you want to tell us more about that event? Yeah, it's Key Bank. It's their Key for Women initiative. And they they just do all this great, programming for, um, female small business owners. So they have this like big, um, summit that they do in, in Albany and I'm the keynote speaker. I'm really excited to, to do it. I've been, I've been doing a lot of speaking actually since my first book came out, the myth of the nice girl, which was five years ago. Now, um, I've probably done over 200 talks at this point and, you know, they all end up being kind of around this topic of, creating a career you love while staying true to yourself. That's sort of the the common thread. So that, that will be the talk next week. And I'm going to be in your hood. I'm, I'm never in that area. So it's, it's just going to be so great to see you and to see the space. I want to show you palette and I want to, you know, just like hug it out. Cause I have not met you in person. Well, I, I met you in person, but this is like before the pandemic and before we knew each other. And so it doesn't count, but I do want to talk about that. Um, we kind of got into it a little bit. I think when I think yeah. of you, I think of, you know, someone that obviously I'm inspired by and I, and I admire, but it's also, have you ever heard that thing where it's like, don't, don't go meet your heroes. Don't, don't go meet the people who you, you really think highly of because they might disappoint you. Fran is proof to me that, that you should always meet your heroes. You should always meet the people that you admire, you admire and you're inspired by because they might actually like just blow you away. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, I, I worked at um, People Magazine for years so being in the celebrity space and, you know, like meeting people where you have like one image or like expectation of them. And then it's like, they're not that at all. <laughs> so I, I totally get it. So I feel like you and I were saying this before we even hopped on. I feel the same way about you. I'm very inspired by you and, and your values and what you've built and the way that you show up in, in, in this world. And so when I think about our relationship, I, I really think about how we've been helpful to each other and how we support each other, you know, whether it's you launching a podcast or me launching a book or whatever it is professionally that, that we're working on. I feel like it's like one of the easiest things that we can do is just help to amplify um, each other's work. Right. So we're, we're, we're good at that. We're, we're good at that for each other. Yeah. And uh, there's this other notion that, we're not the only ones who do this sort of stuff. We're just, the, I think, maybe just one example of demonstrating what it looks like to collaborate and support each other publicly um, and authentically. You do such a good job of that. And I know that's a thread between in, in a lot of your books. Um, so let's kind of like recap. You worked with t at Time, right? You were big wig at Time. <laughs> yeah, I was running a division. I was president of digital 
um, at times. So I really, I worked on all of the digital properties for brands like People Magazine and InStyle and Entertainment Weekly. You know, I ran those businesses. So it was great. I, I, I loved working in corporate. I, I worked in corporate for 20 years. I had, you know, lots of different jobs, but I was at Timing for 10 of those years. And I really valued, you know, the relationships that I made there, the brands that I got to, these iconic brands that I got to work with. So much fun. And then I left Time around 10 years ago um, to basically build my own business around startup investing. And what prompted that was, you know, I realized that only 2% of venture capital funding, this is a stat that you know all too well, as a female founder, only 2% of funding goes to female founded companies. And I just really became inspired to do something to change that ratio and decided that, you know, I was going to invest myself in female founded companies that I would also take on like advising female founders. And over the last 10 years, I've invested in over 30 companies. Um, so I've really built, you know, a fairly large portfolio of, of, of companies. So I've been doing that. And look, what's really great about working for yourself is that it gives you the flexibility to decide what other projects do you want to take on? You know, it gave me the bandwidth to finally write my books, you know, and I've, I've written two now, the myth of the nice girl and embrace the work, love your career. I have a journal coming out in October um, called reflect and reset, but I don't think I would have had that time and that bandwidth if I was still working in corporate. So that's right. been just like one of the best parts for me of being an entrepreneur of working for myself of, you know, not only do I have more time to spend with my family and really be there for my, my boys, but I also have the time to think about like, okay, what do I want to be doing? Who do I want to be working with? Who do I want to be collaborating with? What are the types of projects that I want to work on? So yeah, so that's like a little bit of my career trajectory. Right. And there's so many things that I am inspired by you with, but it's you're, you're like a family woman, right? And you're this, you know, successful career in corporate, successful book author, but also a successful mom and wife. And I think that that's another reason why I'm drawn to you is you don't think that it's a crazy notion that you can, you know, excel at both of these lanes at this at simultaneously. Um, so I'd love to kind of hear more about how you've navigated that. It's, it's certainly challenging to be able to do both of these things, but tell us some of the things that that have helped you. Oh gosh, I feel like, you know, especially right now where we're in the thick of back to school transition, you know, and I have two boys in middle school, sixth grade, eighth grade. Look, I can tell you one, one of the things that I kind of got ahead of because I knew like how hard I always know it's like, it's hard whenever you're doing back to school and back to work. So I really tried to keep my work calendar fairly light you know, the, the, these couple of weeks, um, you know, I didn't book any speaking engagements. I didn't like any, any bigger projects. I just said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to kind of put those off because I know my boys are going to need me to be present. So I think a, a big part of it for me is just being very mindful, being very intentional, thinking about when are those moments where they're going to need me more and making sure that I'm creating the time and space to be there for them. That's a big part of it. It's hard, Catherine. I mean, it's like, I always feel like I'm falling short. You know, I always feel like I could be doing better. 
you know, or more, or especially when it comes to the kids. And, but I really do feel like I'm trying my hardest and doing my best. You know, sometimes I think people do share like, you know, outsource the things that aren't your genius zone or your best use of time. And and um, I love that you're saying like the best use of your time is bringing your kids to two things and learning more about that. I just go back to like you saying, you know, you're a successful mom and you're successful like this and that. And And I, I, I love that you think that of me. So thank you for saying that. And it may appear right. Just like based on like social media and all of the content that, that is out there, that it's like, check the box, check the box, check the box on success for everything. But I do just really want to acknowledge like, no, it's, it, it's every day brings challenges and struggles and in all different parts of my life, you know, and I think everyone can relate to that. Right. And I think it's really more about acknowledging it and validating it and, and, and getting through it in, in, in the best way possible. For me, it's, it, it really is about like this intentionality and just really just trying to be as focused as possible. Like I would rather have 20 minutes with my kids where like, I am really focused and really present for them than have like three hours with them where like I'm on the phone and I'm being distracted or I'm being pulled in a million different directions. I really like this, like, this is a very tactical thing, but the, the Pomodoro approach, which is like the whole, like it's spending 20 minutes on one task. Like if you could just give yourself 20 minutes, I actually apply that to a lot of different things. Like, even if it's like my inbox, you know, it's just, let me just take 20 minutes and go through all emails that are school related. And because like, let me just get into that zone and just like knock out those emails. And then I feel really good, you know? And it's like, okay, then like I can move on to something else. So for me, and I know for all of us, we have a lot on our plates. We have a lot of distractions. We're dealing with lots of different things. Like when I find myself in that position, I go back to what can I just focus on for 20 minutes and just like really be present during those 20 minutes. All right, guys, I'm so excited to tell you about a groundbreaking solution for entrepreneurs and professionals, which we use at Palette called Preparo. It's this amazing virtual assistant relief service. Preparo isn't just another VA like you've probably been served on social media. It's a game changer, a revolution in the world of virtual assistants. Their platform has redefined the way we work and get things done. And who doesn't need some help to gain some time back in their life? Picture a world where you can focus on what your best use of time is in your business or personal life without the overwhelm of tasks piling up. That is exactly what Preparo is all about. Whether you need administrative support, data entry, research, or any other task you find yourself doing over and over and over again, Preparo offers a team of skilled virtual assistants who are top-notch and incredibly efficient. They've got you covered. What sets Preparo apart is their commitment to your success. They're your partner in achieving your goals. They take the time to understand your needs and tailor their assistance to help you thrive. We literally could not do Palette without them. So if you're looking to supercharge your productivity and reclaim your time, Preparo is the solution for you. They're not just a virtual assistant service. They are your partner in your journey to success. 
just getting those little wins, you know, and just and celebrating them as you go along. You know, earlier you were talking about, you know, you see people on social media and you think they're killing it. And you're like, wow, they're so successful. You know, I think it's um, it's just the awareness that it can be both of those things. Like you could be struggling and be very successful, you know, yes. um, I think that we're all just, yeah. And, and I think another thing you said that resounded with me, and I tell myself all the time, like at night, I'm like, you know what? I did the very best I could today, you know, and did, did I come short? Yeah, sure. But regardless, I think down the line, yeah. our kids are going to say, they're going to have criticisms of how we raised them or how we showed up or whatever. But, Absolutely. Um, and that's something that I always think about with my parents, too. Like, they did the best. I know for a fact they did the best that they could with the, with the resources they had and the awareness and the knowledge that they had at the time. So I, I think yeah. that that's such a, like, comparison is, it truly is the the thief of joy when you start to look at other people and think they've got it all figured out. And if I can dispel that myth, like, no one's got it figured out. They're all just doing the best that they can. The, more, the faster that we really support each other through that acknowledgement, I think the better off we'll all be. I agree. I have this amazing woman in my life who is, she has older kids, and I feel like she's like my parenting vibes and I just love the way that she parents. And, you know, she said something to me, I put it up on my, on my bulletin board. She said, Fran, you know, my goal with my kids was always to help them be secure in their hearts. And I just think like, wow, that's so great. Like, it's not, you know, we all want our kids to be happy. We all want them to, you know, check all these boxes, but if they can really just like feel secure in their heart, like that's like, wow. Like, so it goes back to like, I just want them to know how much I love them. I, I really want them to feel loved. And we can, we can all, we can all do that for our kids, for people in our lives that um, we have relationship with, whether it's partners, whether it's friends, whether it's colleagues, right? It's just like, how do we make people feel like really, really thinking about that? Like, how am I making her feel right now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also think that that needs to be threaded through your whole life. You know, it's not just like, I, I don't know, I feel like growing up, it was, you know, don't feel, you know, just like power through it and work, work, work and hustle and do whatever it takes to kind of get through. And I don't think I really had that demonstrated to me, like, you know, feelings and emotions and what, what, what was going on around me, you know? So it's been, it's been really kind of fascinating to me to think back. Like my oldest is nine years old. I can remember being nine, you know, I can remember things that were happening in my life at that time. And so it's, it's very impactful to me as a, as a parent now, because I'm like, yeah, she's witnessing all this. And I don't think my parents were ignoring me or anything. I just think that they were so focused on mm -hmm. what was going on mm -hmm. in their own lives. Yes. And, and we were kind of just around. Yeah. Well, I just want to circle back. I mean, you know, you and I both do such a good job of trying to basically like integrating the personal stuff and the life stuff in with the business stuff. And I think that it's certainly served your, you well in your brand. But can you remember when you took the leap from mm -hmm. corporate to your per, like growing your personal brand, investing in, in female founders? And, you know, was that a scary part of your life? One of the scariest career moves, if not the most scary um, that I've ever made. And the, the reason why it was so scary is because when I was working at Time, I had this huge platform where like when I called anybody, I got a call back, right? I was working at the 
world's largest magazine publisher, you know, with all of these amazing brands. And the scary part for me was thinking about, am I going to get the call back when it's just Fran Hauser calling? It's, it's not Fran Hauser president of digital at timing, just Fran Hauser. <laughs> and I just remember like really thinking about that and being worried about it. And the thing I think that gave me the confidence to make the move is I started investing as a side hustle while I was at time. I did that for a couple of years. And because of that, I felt like, okay, like I built like a nice network here. Like I, I have some like great founders that I have relationships with and they're opening doors for me. I've now met other investors. So I felt like I had this sort of like safety net for lack of a better phrase of people that were going to be helpful yeah. to me when I went out on my own. And these were people that could be sounding boards. They were people that, you know, I remember like the first time I took on an advising role for a founder. So I didn't write a check, but I took on an advising role where I would be investing my time. And I accepted such a low, 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 low equity percentage. And then I remember talking to a couple of my friends who are investors and advisors, and they shared with me what their typical equity percentage is. Like even just like having access, you know, to that kind of knowledge and information and having these people open doors for me. So I think like the, the big lesson, Catherine, and this is something that I think I've actually done pretty well over the course of my career is that when I have an idea of something that I want to do, like instead of just jumping in, I usually test it out. So even like with the startup investing, like doing that as a side hustle to really figure out like, am I enjoying this? Is this something that I can see going all in on or, you know, like, so, so testing it, does it grow into, into something bigger? So that, that was a big part of, of the kind of giving me the gumption right. and the confidence yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, again, this is something I, I'm just doing the research and the due diligence to give yourself assurance and confidence that that's the direction you want to go into and dipping your toe in, but still having something on this side that's like secure and paying your bills. Yeah. So it doesn't seem as it's not as scary that way. So sometimes founders and entrepreneurs have this idea that they have to be all in. They have to take the big leap of faith and then everything will be figured out along the way. And I have in my past taken that that leap several times and I have figured it out. And But I can tell you it, it's so hard and it's struggle. There's a lot of struggle with that and a lot of like, oh, I'm having to prove that this is legit or have to prove that this is going to work out versus I, I've seen you take a less risky approach where I think even with the book, right, you were kind of like, um, I mean, I would love for you to share, share that experience. But even with the second book, it was you did you took a different approach, right? Or am I remembering this wrong? Look, I think it's like, in general, in your career in life, it's really good to be curious and to like, be open to just different ways of doing things. My first book, The Myth of the Nice Girl, was traditionally published, right? I worked with Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, big traditional publisher, been around for a long time. They were amazing. I loved working with them on that book. It was great. For my second book, though, Embrace the Work, Love Your Career, which is a guided 
workbook. It's not a prescriptive narrative, 60,000 word book. It's a guided workbook. I came up with the idea during the pandemic because I remember I was sitting right here and I was reading an article about how like 14 million women had left the workforce and how they were feeling burnt out. And I really just wanted to create something for them. And I wanted to get it out quickly. And that's the thing, like with traditional publishing, because your agent is involved and then you have to pitch and it's years. So I learned about Angela Engel, who was in traditional publishing for years. And then she opened up her own publishing company called the Collective Book Studio. And it's, it's a different model. But I was connected with her and I said, look, Angela, I have this idea. I want to do this, but I want to get this out in a year. Like, do you think that's possible? And she said, yes, if you can write it in six weeks, we can get this out in a year. And I'm like, okay, we can, we can do this. And we did, you know, I basically just like did my writing in the morning before the kids got up. I was getting up like really early. Um, I had my timeline, we got it, but we literally got it out in a year, which is amazing. Like considering I had not written one word. I think that's like an example where like thinking about what's important to you if you're launching something new, like in that example, time to market was really important to me. Like I didn't want this to be a three or four year project. I wanted to get it out quickly. And so because of that, I became very open to, okay, what are some other models that I, that, that I can look at? Yeah. I mean, and just the relevancy, right? Like you had to really strike while the iron was hot to not to say that this book isn't universal, but it it was just so pressing at that moment in time, right after COVID and everything, you know, core belief of mine is that women, we just, we do not network the way men do. We don't just pass business cards out to people and like let them, you know, we, we're invested in the relationship. We're invested in it working out. And if it doesn't work out, we still feel like obligated to smooth things over. And it's, it's just, it's been so interesting to kind of see that demonstrated. I mean, every woman I meet, it's like, they're, they're so thorough, you know, in their networking and their connections and referrals. And it's, um, I just, I think we're, we're more emotionally evolved and invested in each other's success. Absolutely. I mean, I can't even tell you like how many examples that I have where, you know, where I'm collaborating with a woman who also happens to be like a really good friend. And like, we find like business opportunities that we can work on together, which is so great, right? Like to be able to like do business with people that you actually really enjoy spending time with. But I do feel like sometimes there are these moments where I just realize I just feel so, so lucky and so like blessed that I'm at this point in my career where I can choose the projects that I work on and the people that I work with, you know, and I, I just, I just feel like for me, like where I am right now, it's just, it's so wonderful, you know, to have that opportunity. And with that, you have the opportunity to help people who are just starting out who do not feel that way. And they're like, they're in the place where like, we have to take every client, we have to make go to every event, we have to make the most of everything that we're doing, because we don't have that same sense of, you know, blessing or luckiness. But there are people like you who are out there, who are constantly giving back and constantly handing your hand out to lift another person up and bring them in. I mean, I think that that was another huge thing for me with with you. Like you brought me into this entire ecosystem of SPV investing and 
no one had ever given me a shot at that. But it was something I was so interested in and wanted to get involved in. So you're like the antithesis of gatekeeper. <laughs> you know, like you brought me oh in and opened so many doors. It was so, it's been so oh. much fun. And just inviting other people into that same kind of like ecosystem to learn and to and to invest, you know, because we we make good decisions when it comes to that. Look, for me, it's so much fun. I like I like being a gateway for people as opposed to, you know, being a gatekeeper for sure. Yeah. I would also say, Catherine, that when I was much younger in my career, you know, early to mid career, I was saying yes to a lot more. Like, right. Just like you're, you're saying like, no, I feel like I have to like, you know, I have to say yes to this and I have to right. And of course, of course I was, because I was, I was building relationships. I was building a network. I was building my personal brand, right? Like if I hadn't put all of that work in, you know, early on in my career, then I wouldn't have this opportunity, right. That I have today where I can be a little bit more judicious, right? So it's just, there's different seasons Seasons. to your career. There's different seasons, right? And, um, and now, yeah, it's, it's so fun, like being able to open up new worlds, like pulling you into investing and seeing how much you're enjoying it and how much you're, you're getting out of it. Like, it's so, it's so cool. Yeah, I it's so it. much fun. I love it too. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now I want to be um, mindful of time. It's actually eleven eleven, which is a number that I just keep on seeing. I keep on seeing eleven eleven one one eleven. I even saw the one hundred one hundred and eleventh mile marker the other day, and I'm like, that is not just the time. They're seeing it everywhere. It's so exciting. <laughs> But thank you so much for you know for spending time with me. I can't wait to see you next week. And um, okay, so just to to end it, what's one tip, one quick tip uh, you wish you knew before starting your business or your book or your project or entrepreneurship? I think because I was starting like my own thing, it became harder for me to delegate and and. What's interesting is like, I feel like in corporate, I had become such a good delegator, you know, like I was like really good at like bringing people in. Um, and I, I feel like as an entrepreneur, I had to relearn that, which is really interesting because it was my name on everything. So I, I just, I just felt like I was like a little bit more cautious about, about, about delegating and. I wish that I, I had gotten some advice around that. Like I, I told you I had this great like network of people and they were all sounding boards for me when it came to like investing. Um, I had thought because I'd been a leader for so long, like in a big organization that I was good when it came to like being a lead, you know, being a leader as an entrepreneur is very different, different. than being a leader in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that transition is one that I wish I would have spent some time, maybe just like talking to people um, who had been through it to just like get some advice around that. Like I had no idea that I needed advice around that. Right, right. And I I would imagine I didn't, I don't have much experience in corporate, but I'd imagine there is always someone to hand it off to or to delegate or to tell what to do. And in entrepreneurship, it's like you're just handing it off to yourself or another person that is representing you. So you have to like really be careful with your boundaries and, you know, projects that you can actually let go and and let somebody 
kick forward for you. And I'll see you next week in, in real life. And Thank we'll take a selfie me. and maybe tie it into this. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, let's do it. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, Catherine. And now for today's face palm mom moment of the week. It's the weekend before Halloween. So it was a Halloween costume birthday party for a little girl that's in Ruby's grade. And she also went to pre-K with her. And all, luckily, they were all invited, so I got to bring Posey, Ruby, and Zia, which is always a great benefit. Again, I like felt seen, like when the when the mom of the birthday person is like, "Yeah, bring the rest of your kids," because like, what am I supposed to do with the rest of these kids if I can't bring them all to the birthday party, right? So anyway, they were going to go as what they were dressing up as for Halloween, which is all Star Wars related. And about an hour before the we're leaving to go to the party, we got a box. And it was a box from Nana, that's my mom, and she was in Disney World last week on a shopping trip with her girlfriends, and I was having major FOMO, and as were the kids, because, like, how dare she go to Disney World without me? She sent back packages for the girls. And so the girls FaceTimed her one night when she was in Disney World, and they all told her what she what they wanted her to bring back from Disney World. So the box came in on Saturday, like right before we're about to leave to go to this birthday party, and it's a box of costumes, like the most beautiful princess costumes. Like I never splurge on the fancy-ass costumes. I'm more, let's go to the thrift store and find the hand-me-downs and all of their costumes are hand-me-downs. I don't ever buy them full price, especially not from Disney World because those things are so outrageously expensive. But Nana doesn't care. She also did not just get them just the gowns. She got them the jewelry and the earrings and the necklace and the tiara and the shoes. They, bu- they opened the boxes, they all have their dresses on or whatever. But then once they, ha- they have these beautiful costumes on, then they had to do their makeup. So of course they stole Posey's makeup. They got it and they're doing each other's makeup. I know this is like a long story coming around, but they're doing each other's makeup. And of course, like the eyeshadow is everywhere. It's not just where the eyeballs go. And it looks like they have like multiple eyes on their faces. And I have this amazing clip. I was like to, like recording a video to send to Nana to show her how adorable these kids look like in these beautiful gowns. And then, <laughs> this is just, I, I couldn't, I, I just, it was truly a facepalm mom moment in a, like a happy way. Not like normally my moments are like, oh my God, why, what was I thinking? This was just like hilarious. This is more like a knee slap than it was a facepalm mom. But anyway, so they're all done doing their makeup, whatever. And Zia looks at Ruby and she goes, Ruby, you have two chins. Like, because she, and I think she meant, she meant two cheeks, but she said two chins. And because she did, she had like, blush everywhere. And Ruby looks at her like she is so serious. And she goes, Zia, I'd rather have a sister with two chins than a sister with two faces. And I was just dying. And Posey was like next to me and she's cracking up laughing because she's like, she's so sassy and she doesn't even know it. She doesn't even, it's like this zinger that she had and she didn't even realize. And then you got to go look at this video because at the end, she just, like, looks at Zia like she's a total idiot, you know? It was amazing. Just sister gold right there. And I don't have a sister. I have, an, I have a brother. So the, these are moments that I just... Actually, when I saw this all happen and I watched the video back, I actually thought about my friend Jessica, who had an older sister, Rebecca. I mean, they're she's still there. Like, they're still sisters. But back in the day. And Jessica was, like, just, you know, trouble. And Rebecca was always just so sweet. There's this, like just nostalgic, adorable photo that Jessica has of like 
her putting makeup on Rebecca, or maybe Rebecca's putting makeup on Jessica anyway. It's so cute. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you want to connect with me, slide into my DMs on Instagram. My handle is Katherine Hover.